0: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, your official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the
1: Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again here on the Hornets Hivecast as we get ready to embark on the 2021-2022 season. And to get you ready for it, we've got some special guests in the coming days, none bigger than the one we have today, Hornets President of Basketball Operations and General Manager Mitch Kupchak. Mitch, thank you so much for the time and for joining us today.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here. Excited about the season. Just finished a good practice we're ready to go
1: you ready for uh, season four here for you with the Hornets how do you feel about the current roster and the progress you've made over the course of these four years to guide the team back into the postseason and have some success while you're there
2: well just saying it's been four years you know makes me think right they have not been normal years as we all know and it's hard to believe that that there have been three years and we're now entering the fourth year you know we've had an abbreviated season two years ago. And then last year, we only had 72 games. So it's been, in a lot of ways, a unique and challenging three years for everybody in this building. But today, as I look at our group, you know, I feel a great deal of excitement, you know, with a good mix of young players, young talent. And we've added some veterans along the way that we think can help us know not only win games but but teach our young players how to be professional and what it's like to be in this league for an extended period of time so i'm excited going into the season um i think the bar has been raised a little bit the teams in the east have all gotten better so i think we've gotten better but everybody else has gotten better too so you know the only way to find out where you stand is to get the games going and then then we'll know
1: among all the moves you made, two of the bigger ones, both for short-term and long-term, were the extensions to head coach James Borrego and shooting guard Terry Rozier. Most great organizations tend to have a lot of continuity. What was important to you about fortifying those two pillars of this franchise for the long-term?
2: Well, with Coach Borrego, he'd be entering you know the last year of a contract, and in a lot of ways... It might be a good idea to continue to evaluate if you weren't sure that he was going to be your coach for the foreseeable future, but we did feel comfortable and there's no reason, you know, to expose, you know, a coach to play on a one-year deal. So giving him extra years gives him some security, obviously, but it also shows the organization, our fans, and most importantly, our players, that this is going to be the coach that you're going to play for. Uh, With Terry, on the court, he's earned it. He loves to play. He doesn't want to miss a practice. He does not want to miss a game. He's durable. He's gotten better every year. He's been here. He could have chosen not to sign the extension, but he loves Charlotte and he loves the organization. So that, for a player of his age and his production, was a pretty easy decision. And, And we're fortunate and we're lucky that he said, yes, I'd love to do it. In
1: terms of the additions you made in the offseason, going into it, you talked often about how center was one of your primary focal points, just given the way the contracts were for uh, the guys from last year's team. Very creative and and somewhat unexpected move, from the outside at least, in trading for Mason Plumlee. What can you tell us about how that move came to be and how he fits with the Hornets?
2: Well, you know, to make a deal, you have to find willing partners and, you know, that's half the battle, finding a team that wants to do a trade with a player not only you might like, but also that you have a need for at that position. And that became a possibility with Detroit. You know, they were ready to, to move on you know with their team and their draft and free agency. And we were, I think, lucky beneficiaries of them deciding to move on. Uh, we were able to, you know, get Mason. We also exchanged picks in the second round and with the 37th pick, you know, we got JT Thor who, you know, just turned 19 years old in August. You know, we'll have to wait and look back and, you know, see how much Mason helps us this year and perhaps next year. And then we'll also have to look at the development of JT in a couple of years. Uh, But right now it's a move that, that helped us at a position that we needed help. Yes, Cody Zeller and Bismack, you know, their contracts ran out. So we feel the need. We also know that, you know, we've got some young bigs in the system. So with Mason being here for two years, it gives guys like Nick Richards, Vernon Carey, you know, Kai Jones, our young bigs, you know, a chance to develop and learn, you know, to play that position under, under an experienced veteran like Mason.
1: Looking at last season, the two teams that made the biggest jumps Atlanta and Phoenix they had very young cores but were able to add some veteran pieces that that seemed to help boost them quite a bit from going out of the playoffs to teams that made deep runs you still have that young core here obviously but in adding Plumlee and adding Kelly Oubre Jr. and adding Ish Smith do you feel you have the Hornets on maybe a similar footing to what those two teams were able to accomplish last season
2: well wouldn't that be wonderful right something like that would happen to us. Yeah, you know, we didn't make those moves, you know, looking at what Phoenix did and looking at what Atlanta did. I think they're both good models to know that teams in small markets can make a big jump and advance in the playoffs. We want to put together a team that we can sustain going forward. We do want to get into the playoffs, but we also want to advance in the playoffs. Those teams are able to do that. So wouldn't that be wonderful, right? But, you know, I'm not that naive to think that it's that simple.
0: Hey, Hornets fans, this is Mason Plumley. Don't go anywhere. The Hornets Hivecast will be right back. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of Jays. It's an easy trip on the light rail, or
1: you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at hornetsfanshop.com. Speaking with Mitch Kupchak, Hornets President of Basketball Operations and General Manager, this is the NBA's 75th anniversary season. You've been involved in the NBA for 45 years now, your rookie season, first-team All-NBA rookie season, the 76-77 campaign. You've dedicated so much of your life to the league. What are you most proud of, having been a part of the NBA as it's adapted and grown over the decades now?
2: Well, longevity, You know, I've been involved... With the exception of one year, I've been involved, you know, with the NBA, either as a player or as a manager since 1976. In this business, you know, that's, I've been lucky, you know, to work for, you know, the Lakers for so many years with just wonderful ownership in Dr. Bus, And then three years ago, get an opportunity to work for Michael Jordan here in Charlotte. I'm proud of that, to be able to have done something like that. That to me is an incredible amount of fortune. Good luck relationships over the years, you know, you meet so many people, you know, you work with so many young players and they play 10 years in the league and then they get into coaching or they get into business. And next thing you know, 20 years pass and you see them when they're 45 or 50 and you're proud of the careers they had or on and off the court. So I think that's probably the second part of it, just the relationships over the years. And once again, I've been very lucky in my career, in, in sports in general. I had a great high school coach here in North Carolina. I attended UNC, and I just had just, I consider the best college coach of all time, Dean Smith. And then, of course, going to Washington, where I played five years, and then Los Angeles and now here. So looking back on it, I, I've been a lucky guy.
1: And still awful lot to look forward to as well, for sure. I think it can be argued that one of the league's finest moments is how it's handled the last 18 months, showing leadership in working through the pandemic. And as we finally enter now what we hope will be a quote-unquote more normal season, how appreciative are you for some of the little things around the NBA, be it fans or a normal 82-game season? How has the last 18 months changed your perspective on things that maybe we all took a little bit for granted before?
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt You know that we've whether it's in sports or out of sports, right? We've taken so much for granted, you know, in this country and the world we live in. Simple things, going to a restaurant, right? Going to the airport, getting on an airplane, a taxi, the theater, you know, being with family, visiting friends, right? All that changed in the last couple of years. Somehow the NBA and this organization, you know, they've figured out a way, even though for almost two years we've worked remotely, they figured out a way to keep it going, and not only keep it going, but make improvements. And in a lot of ways, when you you've thought there was not a way to conduct business as normal, they figured out a way to get it done. Whether it was two drafts in less than 12 months, an abbreviated season, somehow they got through it. And it wasn't just the NBA. I know a lot of teams in the NBA— figured out a way to get through it all. But this organization in particular, with weekly um, meetings, you know, of course, everybody knows about Zoom right now, being flexible, adjusting to the changes, consulting with each other. And, you know, it's the best of times in the worst of times when people can get together and just work together and figure out how to get through things, listen to each other, and not just say, this is how we're doing it, You know what works for you, and this organization has done a great job.
1: In that vein of thought, as we look ahead, what are some things that you'll take from your experiences in the last 18 months and implement into your day-to-day job as general manager moving forward?
2: Oh boy, that's a good question. Um,
1: we could all use a little less Zoom, but I'm sure some of it's going to yeah, stay.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, the players have been incredibly resilient, right, and in general, young people seem to adjust quicker and are resilient and things that you, know, you would think that they couldn't handle or cope with, you know, it, it rolls off their back, right? They're, re- they're ready to make an adjustment. And to me, our players, our staff, you know, Joe Sharp, who has, when we hired Joe Sharp, I'm sure he thought he was going to be our trainer, in other words, overlooking injuries and player maintenance, okay, he spends probably 85% of his time on health and, and wellness as it relates to the COVID virus. You know, nobody expected him to do that. That's the last thing he thought he would do. And he's been able to adjust and adapt and oversee his staff and just get everything that needs to get done done and he didn't just oversee, you know, the COVID requirements as it relates to the players, but it is also, you know, the coaches, uh, staff, and the organization in general. That's a huge responsibility for somebody who thought he was just going to be a trainer.
1: And one other group that has seen just a huge change is the fans from not being able to attend games over the last season and a half, basically, to now seeing some serious changes going into this one. We'll have mobile ticketing and a lot of things done on phones moving forward, fans wearing masks in the stands. But one thing that hasn't changed is that that buzz, that energy, and we could feel it even throughout the preseason. How much are you looking forward to hearing the crowd and maybe something, again, that we might have taken for granted, but having it back in the building?
2: Yes, we definitely took it for granted. You know, our season ended two years ago. And then we entered last season and there were no fans. And that perhaps was the eeriest thing ever to walk into a building, to watch a real NBA game. And there might be 50 people there and they're all working. That was eerie. And at that point, you realize how important and how much you miss the fans. They give you extra energy. They give you passion. They give you reason you know to go that extra mile. You know, you always think as an athlete, you know, I can do this and I can always push myself. And there are a lot of guys that can do that. But when you have 17 or 18,000 people in your corner cheering, you know, I got to believe you can go just a little bit further. And our players are looking forward to the point where we have a full house, you know, where we play well and our fans get excited. A huge if not the reason why this, this sport is so successful at this level. Hornets fans, this is 2021 NBA Rookie of the Year, Lamella Ball. Don't go anywhere. The Hornets Hive cast will be right back.
0: Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all your information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today.
1: Mitch Kupchak, Hornets president of basketball operations and the general manager of the Charlotte Hornets, kind enough to join us today here on the Hornets Hivecast Going back to the team, Mitch, we talked earlier about the veterans that you added to the roster, but this is still, at its heart, a very, very young team, and maybe even more so now after drafting four players, James Booknight, Kai Jones, J.T. Thor, and Scotty Lewis. Many teams seem to have to choose between winning now and investing in the future. It seems you are in position to do both simultaneously. Do you feel that?
2: Well, that's what we're going to try to do. I do feel we've added some veterans And typically you add veterans to provide some stability in terms of leadership in the locker room. And then the main reason you would add a veteran is to hopefully try to help you win games. Because in this league, if you've not been through the league two or three years, it's tough to win. So yeah, I mean, we've added some veterans and they're gonna give us some stability, but we also hope that they can help us win a couple games. We do have a very young group I'm very happy with our draft. I think if you asked most GMs today if they were happy with their draft, they'd say yes. So we have to wait four or five years, right, and look back on it, and then we'll know. But I do think that we've added or we've injected between last year's draft and this year's draft a nice core of young players that will be fun to watch and see how hard they work and if they develop
1: the centerpiece to that young core and the one many fans might say is their most fun player to watch, whether they're in Charlotte or not, is LaMelo Ball. Uh, Had recently the NBA GM survey. LaMelo was mentioned in multiple categories there. Best passer, most likely to have a breakout season. And we've seen recent stars like Trey Young and John Morant have huge jumps Mm -hmm. year one to year two. What are your expectations for maybe what we can expect statistically and in terms of wins and losses for the impact from LaMelo Ball?
2: Well, I would hope that he makes a big jump. Okay, It's not given. In particular in this league, nothing is given. Going into our first game and games that follow that, you can bet the coaches on the other team will be focusing and trying to figure out ways to make LaMelo change the way he plays so he can be less successful. So he's going to get a lot of attention this year that maybe he didn't get right away last year. So he's going to have to adjust to that. I don't question his love for the game. I don't question his talent. He's got to get stronger, which will happen. He does work. And he's got to be a student of the game. You know, He's got to continue to spend time with the coach. He's got to look at a lot of film. He's got to watch the game, and he's got to study the game. And then maybe he can make that jump. But that jump is not given in this league. There have been many players you know, that have great rookie seasons and then for some reason the next year you know they take a step backwards and some don't recover and then of course some do so he's got what it takes and I'm hoping and I'm expecting that he makes a jump but it's not guaranteed
1: one thing for him in particular and and the young core in general is the benefit of being here in Charlotte throughout the offseason. And that's something we heard from numerous players, numerous coaches, is how unique it was to have the entire team come together in Miami and have that little uh, mini camp prior Mm -hmm. to training camp, and then also in general just be here all summer. And for Lamelo specifically, I don't think he's been in the same city, maybe even the same country year to year, going back to his sophomore year of high school. What is the benefit that you foresee for him in particular and again for the team as a whole that they had that continuity after a year and a half of so much upheaval?
2: Well, young players, they need to work. We're blessed that we have a facility here that's open 24-7 and we have great coaches that, that at a drop of a dime will come in on an off day in the evening over the weekend and rebound and work with players. So we're lucky that we have that at our fingertips. But once again, it it doesn't ensure success. We're going to have to be patient too. It is not going to happen overnight. I mean, I can tell you that right now. I'm hopeful that we compete every game. I'm hopeful that we can get into the playoffs or challenge for the playoffs. And if we do, I'm hopeful that we can advance. But every team in this league right now has the same feeling that we do. Everybody's optimistic. Nobody's played a game yet. Everybody's undefeated.
1: My last question for you, Mitch. Terry Rozier said at preseason media day that anything less than the playoffs, in his mind, would be a failed season. I know that the players have been reluctant to put a cap on what they can achieve, but he said that's the floor. Do you agree?
2: Well, I think that's great. As a player, that's exactly how you have to approach the season. You you don't look at it and in your head, figure out how many games you know, you're going to win and how many you're going to lose. And, oh, we're going to lose you know, more than we're going to win. Okay, you just don't know. I mean, you mentioned earlier the Phoenix Suns, right? I, I don't know what their feeling was going into the season. Maybe they felt that they can contend for a playoff spot. I'm not sure that the majority of that team said, hey, we're going to be in the finals. You know, I, I would guess they didn't say that. I'm thinking that maybe they're hoping they can get in an advance, right? So my point is, is you just don't know. Anything can happen. Knock on wood, we stay healthy. I think that's the key. If we can stay healthy throughout the whole year, you know, and just live with the bangs, you know, and the the tweaks that players get over 82 games, then I'm in a good spot. You know, I'll take, you know, whatever that that whatever that comes out to be, I'll take it. I don't know how the other teams in our division and our conference, you know, are going to mesh and play. You know, I just don't know. I just want our guys to stay healthy, continue to work on their game, get better, okay, and play hard. And then whatever happens with that, you know, I'd be happy with.
1: Mitch, we can't thank you enough for your time today. Best of luck on the start of a new and hopefully normal season. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Sam. That's going to do it for today's edition of the HHC. And again, we'll have another big guest for you tomorrow. Head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, James Borrego, will be by for the entire episode. We look forward to talking to him then and having you along. For our producer, Rob Longo, and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast.